This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, and today I'm talking about the cost of doing this business, how much it costs us and our owners in terms of damage and things that happen to the property and whether you charge them to the owners or whether you eat the cost and all things pertaining to that side of the business, which I know impacts absolutely everybody, whether you're an individual host or a property manager. I'm talking to Sharon Meachie from Cottages to Castles in Captiva and Sanibel Island. And this is a great discussion because Sharon knows everything about how to deal with damage. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I am super delighted to be back with you. Do you know this is the first summer in 20 years that I haven't sort of got to this point of the year as we come up to the end of August and heave this great sigh of relief because the season is nearly over And, you know, as you know, I sold the business back in June of this year. The new owners are doing an amazing job of managing all the issues that have come through the business over the last eight to 10 weeks. And it hasn't been the easiest summer, I have to say, but maybe because I'm sitting back from it, I'm standing back from the coalface at the moment and and just seeing from a distance what's what's going on. And I know that our general manager, Christina, has been handling it perfectly, along with the help of some of the staff that we took on for the summer period before, before we actually sold the business. So I'm really pleased that that's all worked out. But you know, things have happened. A ton of things have happened over the course of the summer. Things have got damaged. And the team have had to deal with this never-ending discussion, decisions that we have to make about whether we give the owner or the guest a sum of money. We call it, very politely, I'm going to say, we called it the go-away fund. Uh, You can imagine what we actually called it amongst ourselves. This is when you decide that it's costing far too much in terms of our time and effort and sanity, actually, going back and forth between guest and owner when you've got the he said, she said thing going on, and then realising that, hey, let's just take the high road, not get bogged down into the setting of blame and to simply say, you know, to look at it from a very practical standpoint and say, look, what's it going to cost us for this to go away? So we all make those decisions. And I know that my past company has been doing that all, all summer. And it's been quite the steep learning curve for the, the new owners. And they have tackled that learning curve 
with mastery, I, I think, and and made some very, very difficult but very good decisions along the way. And I'm not going to share what's, you know, I can't do that anymore. I can't share specifics of anything that happened over the course of the summer in the company I used to own because I don't own it anymore and I have no entitlement to tell you about it. So in lieu of that, and very rightly so, I think, I have asked somebody who I know is incredibly experienced at dealing with these types of things because she runs a very busy property management company. And that is Sharon Michi at Cottages to Castles on Sanibel Island. And is it Captiva Island and Sanibel? Or Captiva and Sanibel Island. And she's joining me to talk about some of her experiences. And I want to thank everybody who came along to the Facebook group, the Business of Short-Term Rentals and Property Management, and offered your opinion on the cost of doing business. It was very valuable. It was great to hear from you with with your contributions. So thank you to Hilary Gibson, to Travis Eckert, to um, Megan McRae, to Ruth Manfredi, Dave Schmitz, Adrielle Tecklenburg, Brian Barge, Emily Salter, Karen Aspinall Bickford and Claude at Lac Montagna Properties. And if there was anything else, if there's anybody else I, I missed, I'm so sorry. I was I was clicking through I was clicking through all those names as I uh, uh, on the Facebook group as as I read them out. But it was it was really helpful to hear your take on this. So if you're listening and you haven't joined the Facebook group, the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management, please go along and do so. You know, I, I'm biased. It's my group, but I think it's one of the best groups for short-term rental property management that there is out there. There's never any arguments. Nobody gets political. We never get any trolls. You know, it, it is the just an amazing group and everybody is so helpful and supportive. So I'd love to have more members. We're coming up on 2,800. I'd love to see more of you on there. And, you know, you get your name mentioned on the podcast if if that's anything, if that actually means anything to you. If I ask a question that helps me in delivering some really good content and you make a contribution. So, so thank you. Thank you everybody who did it. And I hope we, we will see some new members on there very soon. So without further ado, let's move on over to my great discussion with Sharon. Well, welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much for joining me again. Thank you so much for contributing to that question I asked in the Facebook group the business of short-term rental and property management, because I, I was out there thinking I want to do a podcast on damage and the damage that occurs. Cause it, as we're getting to the tail end of the summer and you start thinking back and you think, Oh my gosh, so much has happened. And, and we use, you, you sort of go into almost a robotic way of managing as it goes through, cause it has to be dealt with, dealt with, dealt with, doesn't it? And then you get to the end and you think, did we actually do that? Did we go through and manage all those issues and manage all that damage? So I put that question out there. You gave such a great response and I wanted to talk with you about that. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me. Can again. We, again, again, yes. And I will put a link. Again. 
I will put a link to the last episode we did, which was, I think, just not long after the COVID hit or about six months after COVID hit. Mm-hmm. We were talking about how, how you were mm-hmm. going through it. Can you just recap for everybody, anybody who hasn't listened to that yet, and just remind us about your company, uh, how many properties you have and where you are? Um, I'm Cottages to Castles of Sanibel and Captiva. So we are on the west coast of Florida, just at the tippy top of the Everglades. So we're Southwest Florida. I have been in this business 35 years and 26 of them with my own company with Cottages to Castles. And we've always been a very uh, small luxury boutique agency. So I've never been more than 50 units at any point in time, but I averaged 30. And that's because my clients and my properties require a lot of handholding. So I'm not big, but I'm, I'm mighty. <laughs> well, I, and I think you, you spoke about the company itself at greater length in, in our previous episode. So I would encourage anybody mm-hmm. listening to go back, listen to that as well, um, because that will give you a little bit more of the background on Cottages to Castles and, um, and the philosophy behind the way that, uh, that Sharon runs it. So. You've gone through, you know, we, we, here we are just about approaching Labor Day. And so you've gone through probably a pretty mighty summer because I think for everybody, it's been a busy, busy summer this year. Um, how is it in terms of, you know, just, just general, how has your summer been? So we've been sold out for, I believe, 32 months straight since before the pandemic began. And that's been island-wide, all of the agencies. We've all been 100% sold out. So with people being able to work remotely and do virtual school, everybody said, why not come down to Sanibel? So everybody has been here and never left. So we are just now that now that kids are back in school, people are being called back to their, their desk jobs. We're finally having some openings for the first time. So condominiums and and places that deferred their work and their projects that couldn't do them during the pandemic, those projects have just started up. So repiping of buildings, concrete Mm -hmm. spalling, walkways, tennis court resurfacing, swimming pools. So for the very first time, we have vacancies now as of this past week. This is the first time in 32 months that we can get in and take a look at what happened. So, so we are now counting forks and sheets and evaluating carpet, furniture, <laughs> just everything top to bottom, top to bottom. It's if, if it was post storm recovery, just as if we were doing hurricane recovery, that is exactly what we're doing right now. We are getting in and pulling everything apart and doing all new unit evaluations and assessing mm-hmm. and just and you're taking names <laughs> and you'll be coming up to, well, you're in hurricane season now. So I guess fingers mm-hmm. are crossed that you're going to go through the season with, without any hits this year. That's what we're hoping. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're hoping. So, you know, for, for cottages to castles, as with any other property management company, you'll have dealt with a, a lot of issues re- pertaining to, to damage to that is, you know, whether it's small whether it's large. And we're not going to touch too much in this discussion on things like somebody breaks a glass or breaks a plate or maybe a, a torn sheet, something like that. Because, I mean, to me, that that is the cost of doing business. It shouldn't be really considered in terms of, of damage. So we wanted to talk about some, some of the larger things that have happened. But let, let's kick off with what, you know, what's your take 
on this whole expression of the cost of doing business? What does it actually mean to you? To me, the, the cost of doing business is unique to every property, to every guest, and what it is. So we all know that washcloths are a cost of doing business. They're going to end up with natural beauty makeup on them or get used as cleaning cloths in a pinch. But when it comes to what hill you want to die on with a guest about a gouged table, a carpet stain, a chair that's part of a set. So there's a lot of factors in terms of what what the cost of doing business means to the guest, to the owner, to you as the property manager, and they're unique. Every single one is unique, what the cost of doing business is. So whether it's washcloths that you expect to lose and go through because of makeup and wear and tear and they get used as cleaning cloths versus someone backed into the house and took a chunk of the stucco out, damaged a chair, <laughs> damaged a chair that's part of a set, you know, stained on it, stained carpet, uh, you know, stained duvet or something that just went missing altogether like embroidered bathrobes. So it's, it, we weigh in how much was the guest spending? What was the value of the item? Was it, you know, a few thousand dollars for the stay and it was a $50 item or it was a quarter of a million dollar stay and it's a $1,500 item. So there's a certain percentage, but there's also how does it affect the next guest's experience? So we have to factor that in. We have to factor in holding the guest accountable. Nothing is ever really done on purpose. Everything is an accident, but we do ask that guests call us or message us and let us know that they've had an accident and that they don't try to fix something themselves. But the main thing is that the flow isn't disrupted for their stay, the remainder of their stay, for us trying to then put out a fire and that it's not negatively impacting the next guest coming in on the heels of that stay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, let's go back to the beginning. You know, when you take on a new owner, how do you manage their expectations with regards to item damage? So we kind of do a little, a meet and greet and a chat. And my goal is to find out whether or not this owner has an emotional attachment to their house and the things in it. And we start that off, that conversation off with, in our case, we're in a hurricane zone. So is there anything in this house that you would be upset if it were damaged, ruined, or went missing because of a storm? And if so, then we need a list of of these items. They'll be binned up, boxed up, put away, taken away, however it is. Then we shift that to, is there anything in the house that you'd be upset about if it were just broken, damaged, or missing? And if you're going to be upset about it, then we know that that's a pain point and we need to discuss that. So whether it's a piece of furniture, a piece of art, Christmas decorations, some things have absolutely no value, but they're sentimental. There's no monetary Mm -hmm. value, but they're sentimental. So we try to set the expectation and sort of ease them into that conversation. And some owners are like, I don't care about anything in here. Anything goes. And other owners are particular about soft goods, hard goods, as I said, a particular photo, whatever it is. And so we know that we need to look at that item and is it intrinsic? Is it important? Does it add value to the guest experience? Or is it something that can go away and not be missed and put away? And then we bring it out just for the owner's stay for their use and enjoyment. Yeah, that, that's a great approach. I, I remember one owner who, uh, one of our owners who had a, uh, a group of, the group of seven is a, is a, a set of artists that, uh, that painted iconic 
landscapes in Ontario in you know back in back in the last century and um, so this owner had an original group of seven painting on a hall wall and he said he didn't really want to take it down because it was it was just part of the whole experience but we then said well okay nobody's going to it's very unlikely anybody steals it because we know who's going to be in the property at any one time so it's it's pretty obvious who's taken it if it disappears after a stay but then we said so so what happens if a child is running down that hallway with a can of coke and then opens it just as they're walking past the uh, the group of seven painting mm-hmm. and it sprays all over the place and he said oh i hadn't thought of that and we said, well, that's, you know, that's a, possi- done that. <laughs> that's a possibility, you know, this is going to happen or somebody yep. trips on something and they're holding a glass of wine. You've got to be, you've got to yep. be accepting that these things happen because that would be simple accidental damage. And, you know, we have an accidental damage plan that, that, you know, we, 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 we cover with a damage waiver a certain amount, but we're not covering an original group of seven painting that might get accidentally damaged. So he, he decided to take it down. But you're absolutely right. It's, it's very unique, individual. Everybody has a different take. If it's a pure investment property, somebody's probably come along and just furnished it and not really thought about the, uh, you know, there's no emotional attachment to those to those items. But I do want to pick up on something that, that you mentioned, and that is you know, something like um, up, upholstered chairs. Because we did have one, one incident several years ago in a property where a, there was an indelible stain left on a single chair in a set of eight, or it might have even been ten, and the owner wanted the entire set replacing. How? What, what's your take on that? I mean, we didn't replace the whole set, but how would you have? How would you manage that? Or would you have something that you could you would put in place to ensure that that just doesn't happen? That sort of claim doesn't happen. We had that same situation with uh, some white century furniture, and someone dropped a bottle of red wine, mm-hmm. and it splattered the $11,000 white sofa. And why would you think that you could have a $11,000 white sofa in a, in a property? Well, because people live in homes with white sofas and people mm-hmm. like to vacation that way. This is a very, very high-end house. So we contacted our interior design firm and they were able to source the fabric and we had the sofa recovered. So just the sofa. Not the, not the two matching chairs and the other sofa that went with it, just the one sofa. And the guest paid that. The guest understood that that was not an inexpensive sofa. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 20 years ago, this was a house that was $30,000 a week. And clearly, they dropped a bottle of red wine and it shattered. And so there was no pushback on that. I most recently had a pair of chairs in a home and the homeowner is a, uh, a Hollywood set designer. And so all the pieces, everything in this house has a story behind it and a provenance. And the folks uh, had a corgi and the corgi would sit on their lap. And apparently the corgi liked the taste of the arm of the chair and the people left and they did not report it. And this chair has been gnawed oh. and it's, it's a pair. So trying to, their deposit clearly was not enough. We did not have a damage waiver 
for this particular property at the time. We have a damage waiver now that we have transitioned to. So we had a conversation with them about the cost of these chairs and being able to source the fabric. We could not source the fabric, but providing a like-kind comparable fabric would be cost-prohibitive but the owner was able to source two very similar chairs in her line of work for a fraction of the price that were of the same quality, caliber, and look and feel. And so the guests were agreeable and amenable to that. Mm-hmm. So they acknowledged that their dog did this. And we were like, if you'd like the second chair, you can have the second chair. You can have both of the chairs. You can come pick them up. We'll ship them to you. doesn't matter. And they said, no, they didn't want the chairs. So we donated the chairs and we sent them the tax deductible receipt mm-hmm. since they essentially owned those chairs now. Gosh, well, I'm, I'm expecting with, you know, with the property, somebody's paying that amount for, um, for a week. And I'm, I'm not saying, well, they can afford it, but, but there is a, a certain element that, you know, they're, they're, they're getting the higher end furniture. So if something does occur, there's going to be a higher end price to it. Right. But we've, we've also had someone, um, I remember a little boy named Nathan and we had had a new sofa delivered at a modest condominium. It had arrived just the day before this family checked in and Nathan had learned to write his name and Nathan wrote his name all over that couch, the back of it, the front of it, the walls, anywhere that was in the reach of a a five-year-old Nathan's name was there. And the guests tried to say that they didn't do it. They didn't have a Nathan, except the guests had signed the guest book. So we still have a traditional guest book in our units. So we were able to say, well, not sure who Nathan was then, but you you said he's part of your party. You've signed the guest book with your family name, and Nathan's name is included in your handwritings. So when it's an expense like that, again, uh, we try to minimize the uh, the cost to the guest as much as possible. And then they're also given an option of would they like to use their own homeowner's insurance or their own renter's insurance mm-hmm. to cover something like that, because that is not a cost of doing business. We don't like to trigger insurance claims by our owners yeah. unless it's a last resort option. Yes. Yeah. We, and, and we went there. We, we went to that too. You know, owners, you know, your insurance is really for the absolute catastrophic damage you know maybe somebody sets fire to to the roof with a with a barbecue uh, in the wrong place right but, uh, right. but yeah i just wanted to share share you, your your story of nathan is is very similar to to an incident that happened to us last year when we had a frantic call from an owner after the guest left and he had always you know put a cover on top of his on top of his de- dining table and in in the photos for the property, this cover was on there. Anyway, when the cleaner arrived after the guests had left, she lifted up the cover and this beautiful wooden table had been carved with the initials, with four sets of initials. And, and then somebody had taken obviously maybe a fork and just stabbed the table all over. So, I mean, it was... It was ruined there was there was no recovery for that table so we uh, we took photos and sent it oh no no we we just before we took photos i think we just let uh, you know went, went to the owners uh, the guests and said are you aware that after your stay we found initials carved into a table 
And they were absolutely adamant. They said that cover never came off the table in the time they were there. Yet the four initials was the four initials of the four children. (laughs) (laughs) What we say when they're quiet, you know, they're not making spaghetti. They're gouging a table. (laughs) That's right. And we we fully believed the fact that the, the guests had not taken the cover off themselves. But these kids at some point had gone in there, they'd taken the cover off, they'd gouged their initials into the table and then carefully put the cover back on it. So so that was, you know, those are the ones where there is no argument. There can be no argument. This is the situation. Here's the photos. This is what your kids did. This is the cost. And they they had to foot the bill for a new table. But you had a you got a table story too of a three and a half thousand dollar piece of furniture. Yes, yes, it had arrived. Uh, same thing. Owner had had it delivered before a family event, and the thing was brought in by a crane and put into place, and it was beautiful and lovely. And we had asked if they were having a glass top made for it. No, it'll be fine. Our event's next week. Great. And uh, our family and residents had a birthday party and had a nice cake and blew the candles out, and the wax ended up on the table. And they didn't call to report it to us. Instead, they just tried to use a butter knife to remove the wax and gouge the table. And so, of course, they check out. The housekeeper discovers it, sends us pictures. We call the guest. We email the guest. The guest denies it. And then we're able to provide the paperwork and the photos saying, well, here's the table being brought in 12 hours before you checked in. So, and here's the paperwork. So, and here's the photos that we sent to the owner saying, here it is, it's in place. So, um, so we got a lot of pushback from that. And we'd said, you know, well, had you seen the gouges, you, you should have reported it. If you didn't do it, you should have reported it. We asked guests to please report anything that they see so that we know, you know, yep, we've got that documented. Great. We know you didn't do it. So, um, we called the company where the table came from. They sent a specialist out to try to repair the blemishes and the gouges, and that was not going to happen. It, it, it couldn't be salvaged. There was no coming back from it. So it was a fatal wound. So we had to order another table, and we let the guests know that this is the cost of the table. Let us know how you'd like to proceed. You know, Do you want the table? Do you not want the table? I think they lived in Ohio. And... Then the barrage of negative comments on TripAdvisor here, there, and everywhere started. And, you know, we are able to defend our position. That's the good news. We have photos and documentation and paperwork. So that can support that. That doesn't remove a bad review, though, which is why we also have in our contracts a confidentiality clause and a non-disparagement clause. So that prevents our guests from going out onto third-party sites and stating their case in that domain without first trying to address their grievance with us mm-hmm. privately. And then if it's not resolved to our mutual satisfaction, that's the next step. So the owner ended up intervening in that case because we did place some onus on the owner by saying we had told you to get a glass top made for that table and they didn't. So they were contributorily negligent mm-hmm. a tad, but it ended up being resolved between the homeowner and the guest, we then removed ourselves from it at that point because we had a different position than our homeowner and the guest. So they were able to work it out between themselves at that point. 
because it, it impacted that owner's event the next week. Mm-hmm. So, but they, they did work it out and the reviews came down, but no money, m- no money was exchanged. Like there was nothing saying, Oh, we'll pay you to take the review down. Yeah. That's not how it went down, but it did go away. So that was, that was good. But, um, we do place an onus on guests to say, do not try to fix anything. Do not try to repair anything. Do not try to patch drywall. This is your vacation. Don't go to the hardware store and buy mud and putty and this and that, and then try to get paint mit- max- matched and mixed and all of that. Please, it's your vacation. Because guess what? You did a poor job of it, and now we're billing you anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is so interesting. Uh, just, um, I want to just mention, you, you mentioned you have a confidentiality and non-disparagement clause in your rental agreement, which I think is is a great thing because it's it's not it's not to say you cannot write a negative review it's I, i'm assuming it's to say talk to us before you do that correct if you are going to give me anything less than a five-star review i would like to know why mm-hmm. and did we fail to meet your expectation did we miss the mark our goal is to make your vacation a memorable one for all the right reasons so if we didn't do that, did you reach out to us? Did you attempt to contact us? Did you attempt to communicate your concern with us? And if you didn't, that's an issue. That's a problem. If you did and we failed to resolve the situation to your satisfaction and my satisfaction, well, where did we go from there? So there's a certain number of attempts that we we have. We have a process that is expected to be followed, and that's broken down in our rental terms and conditions in our rental agreement with our guests. And when someone lodges a complaint with us, the first thing we do is respond with a phone call, even if they email. And if I can't reach them via the phone, I reply to the email saying, we've received your email. I may not be able to address it today, but I've seen it and I will respond because the quickest way to escalate a situation is ignore it Mm -hmm. or to respond, not respond at all in a timely manner or respond by text And then it escalates even faster or by an email because that can all be misconstrued and misunderstood. A phone call is always best. So do you do nine times out of 10 that will deescalate the situation? Do you do all these, these phone calls or is, do you have other staff who can take some of the burden off? Cause I know, I know from, although we had 150 properties, so the, you know, the volume was a little higher, but I've, I've always been one to avoid conflict at any cost. So we'd always want to hand off <laughs> those conversations. And in fact, we had a, I have a wonderful general manager who was amazing at customer service. And, and I remember when, she, when we first mm-hmm. took, uh, when we first took Christina on and she did her first call with an owner and uh, with a guest. And I heard that recording and I thought, Oh my gosh, I never have to deal with this again. <laughs> 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 but do you do all yours yourself? Yeah, I mean, I I don't do them all myself, no, no. So we all have our special skill set and we all have a special relationship with it, whether it's with a guest or an owner or a vendor. So, um, so it's really, you know, there's a lid for every pot, but then there's the lid that fits the actual pot that matches the pot. So, um, so it could be me on any given day. If it's something big, yes, I'll, I'll take the helm of it and, and take care of it. But on the day-to-day stuff, no, we can, and, and usually there's not a lot. 
that's the good news. Yeah. You know, so hopefully we we don't have five in one day. But when someone's jackhammering at a complex at a condominium and we had no knowledge about mm-hmm. it, you know, we're immediately in firefighting mode and we need to be proactive because now we're reacting to a situation. So, um, but yes, then it's all hands on deck. Yes, that's one thing I'm really glad to be away from. That there is no opportunity now for me at all <laughs> to get into a conflict situation. It's <laughs> wonderful. Oh, yes, it is. You mentioned um, glass for, you know, glass table topper. And I think that is a fantastic idea when, when you're talking to owners for the first time and they say, well, I love my table. And that's what you suggest. Get this. And and if you choose not to, then and it gets damaged, then really we, we gave you fair warning, I guess. What other tips have you got for owners to help them protect their properties against the potential for damage? Well, we do the glass top tables, obviously coasters, the silicone feet on chairs for the chair feet or tennis balls. You can get those in custom colors, like for the outdoor furniture. So black wrought iron, you can have little black, they look like little tennis balls and they go Mm -hmm. over so things will slide and not rake your floors. Slip covers. uh, So whether an owner wants to do custom slip covers or if they're purchasing furniture and it is slip covered, we ask them to go ahead and order the backup set right then and there so that they have a spare set already at the helm we just broke out a slip covered set for a condo that we've managed for 10 years and it was the spare set. And we literally just now unwrapped it and unpacked it. Mm-hmm. And we had the cushions rebuilt for the sofa itself, but we had the new covers and we took the old covers off and had them professionally cleaned and all of that. We have them cleaned regularly anyway, but, but when owners are buying furniture, if there's an option for slip covers, we have them buy a backup set right then and there. But the feet, uh, the, the silicone feet for bar stools and chairs, not those self-adhesive mm-hmm. pads. Not the felt pads. Hair. Yeah, the felt pads, the hair and dust and everything sticks to those and they mm-hmm. slide and they come off. We try to avoid swivel bar stools because people will turn in them and that'll gouge your countertops. The dust ruffles on beds, we've gone with fitted box spring covers so that when sheets are being tucked in or vacuuming is happening, uh, dust ruffles aren't being caught and torn and seam split. So we do box spring covers now and then just go with longer coverlets. But we really just, you know, obviously coasters, easy wash placemats, anything, anything that you can put in a dishwasher and minimize washer dryer time, silicone cups for the pool um, because they're soft and malleable. If they drop, they don't break. So we re- and just things that don't sweat. So turbis tumblers, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we've eliminated in almost all of our properties, except the very high-end Lux properties, uh, we are now stemless with wine glasses. Oh, yes. So we have the glasses, but they are stemless. I'd, somebody had uh, mentioned that on, on the Facebook group and... And then there was then there was another and then I read on on another Facebook group a guest calling to complain that there were no wine glasses and the owner having to explain that those nice stemless wine glasses were for wine. <laughs> right. Well, we have we have the interiors of all of our cabinets labeled with thermal label makers, so everything has its place. There's Nissan Plus, mm-hmm. so we get rave reviews for that all the time because guests know where things go, where to put things back that the salad spinner is here, the juicer is there. These are the wine glasses. These are the rocks. 
all of that. So everything is labeled as well as all of the switches and fan switches. Uh, if a wall switch plate controls a lamp, the lamp outlet is labeled that it's controlled by the switch. So if someone unplugs it and plugs their phone in because they're not using the charger that we have built into the night tables, if they turn that wall switch off, their phone isn't going to charge mm-hmm. or their laptop. So yeah, we try to be very proactive in that sense. Um, and then we're able to gauge inventory very easily as well. I, See I, where I, we're low with a quick visual. <laughs> Labels is my thing. I, I love, you know, I go to, we, we've just come back from Germany and spent and spent a, a week in a ma- massive property in the Black Forest and there was 12 of us and super property with an indoor swimming pool and you know, just so much space and there were so many light switches and not a single one was labeled and I cursed them every single oh. time, you know, just press oh. button, you know, yeah. switch after switch after switch. And cause you could never remember which turns right. on which light. Um, yeah. Um, so yes, I, I'm a huge fan. Right. And we of do labeling. that. And we do that because we have garbage disposals here. So you want to make sure you're not burning up a garbage disposal or a bathroom exhaust fan by leaving it on. Mm-hmm. So you know, so that's part of the the damage side there. And also we provide laundry detergent and cleaning supplies. So we make sure for owners that they understand that if you want things cared for properly, you provide the supplies. So you'll provide a granite cleaner or a quartz cleaner or a stone cleaner, but that you want nothing with bleach in it anywhere in your property. Mm-hmm. That's one of the best ways to minimize damage. You don't want anything that has bleach in it that you can spritz or spray or any laundry detergents with bleach in them. We use laundry detergent sheets. So we are no longer using liquid, which if that was poured into a top-loading high-efficiency machine, for instance, it can burn the linens. It can discolor the linens, mm-hmm. depending, especially if a guest went out and bought their own detergent and they didn't buy the right kind. So we would get a lot of linen burn with towels and and sheets. So we switched to a a laundry sheet product. And now there's no plastic bottles, no jugs, Uh, a year's supply, 720 loads of laundry takes up a a shoebox size, Uh not even. And it dissolves immediately when it's wet. Um, So we don't get any of that, that linen burn anymore for linens that are in the house. So, so we just try to let the owners know that, you want to provide those supplies. That is a cost of doing business to have glass plus and granite plus and to have uh, bagless vacuums uh, with the HEPA filters so that you don't have a belt mm-hmm. and bag breaking and putting dust and allergens all over the place. So we ask them to provide all of those things and we purchase it, purchase them for them and build them accordingly. Yeah. But bleach is not your friend. And we're on a beach with seashells and people buy bleach. So the cleaners are instructed, get rid of it. We mm-hmm. tell the renters, don't have it, don't use it. We don't want to find it. We don't want to see it. But all of those little things add up with little spritzes and sprays, make little sprinkles on your carpet or your mats or your duvet covers. And next thing you know, you have little bleach speckles all over things, very light. So we just want to avoid all of that. So we encourage the owners, you know, and to have a and to have a tablecloth. If you don't want to have a glass top, then at least have a tablecloth for people to use. 
Yeah, I, th- these are such important points, and you know, we've 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 at times had pushback from owners to say, "I'm not supplying all these things," and and the argument f- against that is, well, your guests are going to bring their own, or they're going to go out to the dollar store and buy the cheapest mm-hmm. possible bleach-based cleaner they can, and really, you've set you've set yourself up for damage. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We want to set you up for success, not for a pain point. Yeah. I, because I always say, I don't have, I, you know, I'd rather talk to you about how your kids are and your grandkids and what, what fun things you're doing instead of discussing cleaning supplies. Life's yeah. too short. So, <laughs> you know, so a $3 bottle of Windex, you know, so. <laughs> Let's talk just, uh, just to wrap up. Um, Sharon, about vacation rental protection insurance, because I think there's a lot of people who don't actually know that you can you can get insurance that will cover you for damage, but also that the guests can buy into insurance as well. Yes. So there's several people that offer it, several companies. I think Safely is one that offers it to owners and renters, and I believe it's a cost per night based on the length of stay. And then there's, I think, what is it? Red Sky, Travel Guard, Generali Global, CSA. Um, we use the CSA Generali Global product. And we switched over to that full on now. We offer that to our guests now in lieu of a refundable deposit. Mm-hmm. A guest can still pay a refundable deposit, but it's much higher. And we've switched over because uh, Global Generali is now the official insurer for Airbnb and Verbo. So it's now a fee that many guests are accustomed to seeing and paying now. Mm -hmm. So it's easier as a property manager or private owner that wants to offer it. It's it's easier to do that now because it's generally accepted. So you don't get any pushback from it. So why wouldn't somebody pay 35 or 55 or $75 in Florida, we are not allowed to self-insure. Mm-hmm. So the insurance commission is very clear on that. You can offer a protection plan. You can't call it travel insurance. But why would you want to court the insurance commission at your door to have them just have a look and see, mm-hmm. to see how you're doing it? So we stick with the actual tried and true professionals that this is what they do for a living and that they're able to offer it in all 50 states. And uh, I'll, I'll make sure we've, I've got note of all these that you mentioned uh, on the show notes so people can go along and have a look at that. And I think Rental Guardian is another one that uh, that offers yes. um, that that type of policy. I'm not sure what we have in here in Canada. I think Rental Guardian cover Canada. Not sure about CSA. I, I think I, I think I asked them that question at the uh, at the last uh, VRMA I went to and uh, didn't and, and got a negative response to that. So you know I, I don't know maybe they've uh, maybe they've moved on since then. It's been a few years <laughs> since before COVID. So so uh, I will probably go back to them and see what happens with uh, with Canadians. But you know regardless of where, where where you are in the world, there's probably somebody who's offering some form of of damage insurance that uh, that your renters uh, your your guests can buy. So I'll, I'll make sure that all those are on the show notes. Um, 
Wow, that's that's a lot of great content there, Sharon. Thank you so much for for sharing that with me. I mean, that whole business of oh, oh yes, I I know what I wanted to ask you, um, and yeah. and you can send this to me afterwards. Is is information on those laundry sheets? Because I know that that's the question that people are going to be saying. You know, what are these laundry sheets that? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm using um, Earthbreeze. Earthbreeze is what I use. So um, we love it. There's an unscented and there's a uh, one with a fragrance and we have a standing subscription. So they, they send them every month and we put them in the unit and then we use pop-up sponges now as well. So, because we would always provide a fresh wrapped Ocello sponge. And when you've got guests coming and going every week, it's wasteful mm-hmm. and, you know, but you do have to provide a clean sponge. Um, and we had looked at silicone ones and this and that, but the pop-up sponges, which are dehydrated and dry. And so then you hold it underwater and it expands into a full-size sponge. And so Ooh. families get a kick out of it and they know that it's clean and fresh and has not been used by anybody. And they are fully biodegradable, as is the packaging for the Earth Breeze laundry detergent. So you can bury them in the ground and they're, they're fully biodegradable. I'd never heard of the pop-up sponge. And, I'm um, going to be looking at that as well. So there's a lot here. There's a lot here, folks, to to dip into. <laughs> We're coming up on the hour for this now, Sharon. So I've, I've sadly got to go. <laughs> and I know that I know that you are on your own in the office today, and and you probably need need to get out and be there for your guests and uh, and any owners that might want to connect with you so i will let you go and just thank you so much for for joining me today uh always as always yeah thank you for having me as always it's nice to catch up it is nice to catch up and we shall do so again because you are you're just so experienced in this business and and you have so much that uh, that that can help others out who are perhaps you know less experienced and and need that help so thank you can't thank you enough you're welcome and i'll send you a picture of the uh earth breeze with just like a regular bottle of detergent propped up next to it of like this is 30 loads and then this is 720 loads so you can see the the difference but for storage everything it's just unbelievable there's several different manufacturers out there but in doing my research i we did the scent smell and the cleanliness tests and this and that and we we liked earth breeze but i'm sure that'll be different for everybody but it's a nice angle and something to promote especially on the islands with plastic in our oceans and waterways and when you think of all the bottles of detergent and mm-hmm. sponges and soaps and things that we purge every single week or every month. And if we're able to make a dent in the slightest little bit, it's nice. So, um, and like I said, the storage is just unbelievable that we've, we've gained now. It's awesome. Well, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm going awesome. to so I'll send you pictures. I will get off this call and I'm going to go looking, looking for those. So <laughs> There you go. So enjoy enjoy your last week or last couple of weeks of, of the summer and hope you are free from any hurricanes this year. Me too. We're watching the, the Atlantic right now. It's just now waking up. So we're thought, oh, here we go. A hurricane rodeo, as we call them. <laughs> so we're getting ready for the rodeo. So. <laughs> so everybody just got the last of their vacations in. So Lynn's coming back from St. Louis, her dad's 80th birthday. Liz is on vacation for two weeks visiting her family up at Martha's Vineyard. So... We're all getting the vacations in so we can come back and rodeo. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I don't envy you that. I mean, we just have weather that comes and goes, and but nothing, nothing like that. So 
Anyhow, I will wrap this up now and uh, and we will Great. we will talk again soon. Great, many thanks. Thank you so much, Sharon. I've got this big grin on my face because after we finished recording, we we carried on chatting for another 15 minutes or so. And just so many stories came out from from both of us that I think we'd probably forgotten from over the years. And yeah, I think we <laughs> I think every property manager out there knows or or has said at one point this is going to go into the book that I'm writing when I retire. And I'm I'm seriously thinking now that I've got to get mine going. I've got the title for my book. I've got the stories. I've just got to put them together. Maybe that's something I do this winter. Now, I'm not going to tell you what I told Sharon what the title is. I'm going to hang on to that until my book gets published. Hey, I've just put that out there. I'm going to publish a, another book, a second book. Okay, that was that was really really interesting. There's a lot of stuff we talked about. I'll put I'll put whatever we talked about that has a link into the show notes so that you can go back and take a look. And uh, I, I just hope you in, enjoyed that. This this is an area that absolutely everybody that is listening to this has experienced at some point. We've all all experienced the damage issues and pushback from guests and pushback from owners. And I'd love to hear your stories. I'd love to hear the stories that you have. If you'd like to, you know, you can go post them on the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management or, you know, email them to me separately at heather at cottageblogger.com because I may just use them in my book if if that's all right. But I, I would, I would seek your permission before I did do that. Okay, got to go. It's a busy afternoon for me and uh, I need to get all my ducks in a row for for getting to the end of this season. Having said that, I haven't done anything this season, so really there's not much for me to do to wrap it up. But anyway, I, I know all of you have been dealing with similar things all year. I hope you found that interesting and entertaining. And of course, I will bring you more interesting and entertaining stuff next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.